Rainier Beach. What we know as Rainier Beach area was a home of the lake people, or people of the large lake for 10,000 years before the settlement, which included what they called the Little Island, now known as Pritchard Island. The Little Island was on the trade route of the time and was surrounded and visited by a diverse group of peoples from tribes in the area as they made their way through making trades and gathering food. The people of the large lake were related to, but a separate tribe from the Duwamish. They as well as the tribes of the northwest made their lodge homes from cedar trees on the shores of the lake, as well amongst the trees of the small island. You see, cedar is the most important to the tribes of the area. Cedar would be picked and begin to dry in the spring. Then the cedar ceremony was held in the winter. Cedar was used to build homes, clothing, mats, baskets, tools, medicine, totems, and canoes. It would be offered to the ocean, rivers, and lakes representing thanks to the Creator. It was given as gifts to the family and to strengthen friendships. It was well accepted that the cedar tree were a symbol of generosity and providence and the rings of the tree symbolize the interconnectedness of all living things. The Rainier Beach area population boomed during the 1880s. It had Hillman City, Atlantic City, Lakeview, Genesee, Dunlap, and Columbia City. These were all communities that eventually became annexed into Seattle. And they were connected via an electric train from downtown Seattle's Main Street, it would head east on Dearborn, then south on Rainier to Columbia City. And the ride either north or south took you through an area called Garlic Gulch, which was an Italian settlement that grew fruits and vegetables sold at farmers markets, food stands, and bike place market. Commuters of the train could see and smell their food growing and they could watch who was working the gardens. And Rainier Avenue is so perfectly named. You see, recently I drove at sunrise, and I'm at a stop facing Mount Rainier. The foot of the mountain is pink, then is dark blue at the summit. The mountain dominates the scene as the buildings, cars, people become unnoticeable. Sheep clouds are red underneath and cotton white at the top. I watch the blinking red lights of a plane as it's on its way to SeaTac. My window is open and the air is fresh as it gusts into my window. The early city, Seattle city planners designed this road this way. And this is why we call it Rainier Avenue. And there's a proverb that says, Blessed is he who plants trees under whose shade he will never sit. Seattle was well settled by World War II. The Rainier Beach area was a zip code to one of the most diverse in the country. People from many backgrounds had settled into this area. And what was known as the Little Island had changed hands a couple of times. First known as Young Island, then Pritchard Island. And the construction of the Ballard Locks lowered Lake Washington, which made Pritchard Island connected to the nearby land. 
See, there was a gentleman called Fujitaro Kubota. He had immigrated from Japan to Seattle in 1907. And he worked for the railroad before purchasing some land near Rainier Beach and establishing his now world-renowned Kubota Landscaping Company in 1923. And Mr. Kubota's landscaping philosophy was to work with nature. Man cannot control nature. Nature will always have the last word. World War II came around. Mr. Kubota was interned in Minidoka, Idaho. And being who he was while he was interned, he created a rock garden there. It was made from the stones and sagebrush and what was growing from the land. It was a garden of beauty, an expression of thought and culture, man's subservience to nature in a place of man's war against humanity. Home, miraculously, at the return of Mr. Kubota to his home in Seattle, he and his sons, Tack and Tom, were able to revitalize his garden and his business. Kubota Garden was developed. It was offered to the public to enjoy. Rainier Beach continued to grow, diversify, and urbanize. Its population was made up of many peoples from all over the globe who created many communities as they immigrated, then integrated into the surrounding city. The Kubota Garden offered a home, a place of peace, a continuity of a welcoming nature to all. This was truly a place for everyone. After Fujitara Kubota's death, Seattle purchased the Kubota Garden as a park. But it's more than a legacy to a man that understood man's place in nature. It is a place that expresses a visceral language of serenity, stillness, and grounding. It is a place that expresses to all that go there. And it was not too long ago, one of the most diverse zip codes in the country people of all backgrounds, black, white, native, islander, Asians, and more. All are hugged by the borders of Kubota Garden. They feel its expression of equality, solidarity, and humanity. It is a special place in that way that it's what America claims to hope for, and we know rarely exists. And there is a cedar tree stump there with its rings exposed. It expresses the interconnectedness of all living things.